We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast live here on a Thursday. Be honest with y'all, we wanted to initially be able to break down a little bit, just kind of early thoughts, Notre Dame, Oregon State for the bowl game. But of course, with pending players opting out, early declarations, players hitting the transfer portal on both sides too, by the way. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've seen Oregon State situation right now, but everyone's leaving that program. As is to be expected with a coaching change, it happens every single time seemingly. So we didn't want to turn the page to the bowl game because we don't want to talk about positional matchups and players to watch and all that type of stuff when we don't 100% know what either roster is going to 100% look like, at least right now. So pivoting to a little bit of a mailbag today, which I see a lot of people already have a lot of questions in. MB and mailbag before the question. Make sure we know what is a question for us. What is general chatter in the chat? But also... We wanted to start out with a little bit of a breakdown of Chris Mitchell, who is a star wide receiver transfer portal addition for Notre Dame out of Florida International, a player that had visited Notre Dame last weekend. And then a couple days later, obviously, had made the pledge to commit officially to the University of Notre Dame. We talked about him a little bit the other day after it happened, but we wanted to dedicate just more of like a of clear segment on Chris Mitchell, who he is as a football player, how he potentially fits in Notre Dame, how everything could mesh well together, and why this was such an important pickup for the University of Notre Dame. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Brian, I know that you had a great piece, obviously, that really talked about Chris Mitchell, the football player. I know you went through a ton of games. Wanted oh. to see what he brought to the field potentially and opening up the conversation to just what can we expect from Chris Mitchell for Notre Dame? Well, uh, Brian, I probably broke down a full nine games, like every snap. And then most of probably six or seven other games, I only planned on doing five or six. I picked three really good games and two games where his production wasn't great. And I was like, I'll just do those five. But I just kept, I'm like, man, I like watching this kid play. <laughs> and so I just kept watching more and more film. The first thing you notice, I mean, you know, everybody likes comps, right? And the first thing that kind of stood out to me is just body type wise and just how he runs. You you notice the Kevin Stefferson similarities for Notre Dame fans. Just, yep. you know, a wiry guy. As, you know, he's he's going to be a sixth-year senior next year that's still 175, 180 pounds. <laughs> he's not a real big guy. You know, but he has decent functional strength. But look, you're you're bringing him in because of what he can do with, with as a runner and as a route runner. And yep. that's the first thing that you notice on film, Ryan. Is there's there's two types of gears for a receiver, right? Or there's two types of, of ways in which I evaluate speed. Number one is short speed, and then long speed. Short speed for me, what I'm referring to is what's your get off like, right? What's what kind of speed do you show out of the stance? attacking the leverage, gaining ground on a cornerback, right? Can you eat up that cushion, all those type of whatever phrase you want to use? And and it's like some guys don't have that, but they have a great second gear. So how are they out of the break? How are they once to get going? For example, Will Fuller was not a great explode off the ball guy. Will yeah. Fuller needed a few steps to get speed, but once he got speed, he was a, a cannon, you know what I mean? And so like there, that's why you would see plays – I remember being at the Stanford game in 2015, and and it was Terrence Alexander. Remember that kid from Louisiana that played corner for Stanford? Yep. He was probably three yards in front of Will Fuller, meaning Will Fuller had not caught him yet. Deshaun Kaiser just launches the ball, and I'm thinking, what? Right. And all of a sudden, here's Terrence Alexander, here's Will Fuller, and all of a sudden, as the ball's in the air, you just see this. And Terrence Alexander wasn't a bad football player no, either for people no. that don't remember him. So, yeah. But they had that connection where Kaiser just knew, I know where he's going to get to. I don't care where the DB is now. I know by the time they get to this football, he's going to be behind Will Fuller. Chris Mitchell, to me, does not have that type of deep speed that Will Fuller had. Sure. But he does have a really nice first burst. I talk a lot about urgency off the line. Are you playing with a sense of urgency? And more more often than not, you absolutely see that from Chris Mitchell off the line. He'll do things like if he's running a hitch route, a comeback route, his first couple steps will be kind of exaggerated, like, you know, really heavy arm motion, like I'm coming with the go, and then boom, 
he'll snap it down that quick one, two, and now he's got some separation. Because if you're running that route, you don't need to get the corner to turn his hips. You just need him to get him to sink just a little bit, and now you're going to have the cushion you need to hit that stop route, hit that comeback route, uh, hit yep. that hitch route. You'll see times, Ryan, where you know he'll, he'll get up on that cushion really quickly and then just accelerate by corners. Mm-hmm. You watch him against the UConn in the UConn game, the one deep ball he caught, it's like a 60-something yard gain. It was a similar thing. Like he's he's eating up the cushion, and all of a sudden you see him accelerate right by the guy. And the and the UConn corner thought he had the speed gauge correctly, and he just as he turned, he just he just ran by him and then stacked him, which allowed him to make the catch. So you see a guy that has the speed and explosiveness that you like. And then the other thing is he's he's a savvy route runner. I'd like to see him be a little sharper with his top ends. We'll get into that. But the other thing I, I was most surprised by, Ryan, like you look at the stats and you're expecting a big play guy. This is a guy that only had like 64 catches but had over 1,100 yards. You know, guys, I'm expecting a guy that's going to hit a lot of big plays. That That doesn't surprise me. I expected him to have some speed. But the thing that kind of caught me off guard, Ryan, was how well he fights for the football. Now, he's not a, you know, outplay Cam Hart for footballs in the air kind of guy, right? Because he's 6'1", 175. But he'll compete hard for the football. You go back to his junior year, he has a couple red zone back shoulders where he really competes for the ball. He has great concentration in traffic. There's three or four passes he caught as a senior. Uh, this past year, one against North Texas, one, I believe, against Liberty, one against Arkansas, where there's like three guys kind of converging around him over the middle, and he just reaches out and snatches the ball. He's a great hands catcher. But the thing I like too, Ryan, is when when he feels there's any defense around him, we talked about this, he will attack the football with his hands, which I'm, which is what I teach. Don't, you know, don't let it come into you. Go get the football. And and there's practical reasons for that to me. As a, I think it makes you a better pass catcher, a more aggressive pass catcher. It makes you a more locked-in pass catcher. And then practically, as you shoot for the football, if you let the ball get here and I'm a corner and I'm coming around you, it's a lot easier for me to not interfere if the ball's coming right here. If you're out here and I'm coming through you, only thing I can hit is your arm. That's it. Yeah. Right? So greater we chance. Call that, we call that pass interference. We call that pass interference. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> And and so there's just a lot of those. That was probably the thing that surprised me the most, Ryan, was just how how good he is at catching the football. I mean, he's got a couple one-handed grabs on there of a guy holding his right arm, and he just kind of sticks his hand out there and makes a grab. Those are the things that surprised me. And then and then to watch him against Arkansas, almost kind of like this is my chance to show what I've got. This is my moment to show what I've got. I'm on an SEC field, and he went out there and worked Arkansas in that first half. I mean, the only reason they didn't do more is because Arkansas just eventually just got to the quarterback and he just, you know, but he, yeah. he, they could not cover him in the first half of that game. Yep. Absolutely could not cover him. And, you know, so again, Ryan, you just see a kid, you're like, okay, Grady dominated the Conference USA. But the question I had going in, because when his name first brought up on the show, I was like, I don't know who that is. So this was all new to me. But when I first popped up the film, you know, one of the things I wanted to see as I'm in my head is does the skill set that he had that allowed him to dominate there translate to playing against the schedule that Notre Dame is going to have? Right. And I had an emphatic yes on that answer, right? Well, I mean, it's the same thing in the NFL draft space, right? Anytime you're you're evaluating kid that's a G5, FCS, Division Two, whatever, like you're looking for the skill set to be able to jump up a couple levels, right? And that's usually for a wide receiver, obviously, that play speed, the play strength, those types of attributes that 
I mean, I'll be very honest. Like <laughs> Chris Mitchell to me is exactly what Notre Dame needs more of. And that's why I think that he was a player that Notre Dame pushed for so heavily early on in the transfer portal. Cause Notre Dame still has some nice pass catchers as far as being excited about the Jane great houses. And if Jane Thomas and Deion Coles, you could stay healthy and Jordan face on and the three freshmen that are kind of come in. There's still some excitement there, right? But you don't really have a proven commodity on the roster coming back that you say is a deep separator. You don't really have that guy, right? You don't. And you now have a guy that you've seen on a college field, be able to track the football down the field and separates. And I think that you said it perfectly in the sense that he's one of those guys that I would say he hits his top gear very quickly on the football field. It's similarly the when Braylon James committed to Notre Dame. I remember we talked about it. That kid was lightning off the line of scrimmage. And yes, the, the second gear was good too, but the first step off the line was what really kind of caught your attention. And I think that that's what Chris Mitchell immediately brings to the field is that he is going to be a guy that when he gets especially in one-on-one opportunities to work a cornerback, I think that he has the opportunity to create some big plays for this Notre Dame offense. And he could do some of the little things, and that's great. But ultimately, if I'm going to the transfer portal, because Notre Dame needed to at wide receiver because of obviously the little bit of the exodus that you had with some of the young receivers, but Notre Dame needed to find players in the transfer portal that bring something skill set wise to the table that you don't have enough of. You don't. That's why they're still recruiting Bo Collins. That's why they're still recruiting Josh Kelly, because those kids bring something to the field that you don't have enough of. They're a right. different type, but Chris Mitchell's deep speed, his ability to uncover vertically, his ability to track the football down the field and create big plays. You need more of that if you're the University of Notre Dame. And I think that that's why, obviously, they really push for a young man. And I, I hate to generalize right here, Brian. Like, I, I don't I don't generalize people in general. But he's got that Florida speed, man. I mean, there's a, there's a reason that we always see those guys. And you're like, oh, wow, that guy can really run. Where's he from? From Florida. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then his son, his son, his his younger brother is also one of the premier defensive backs in the 2024 class. Makes a lot of sense. He comes from an athletic family. He's got that Florida speed. He's an un- uncover deep type of player. And I think that he's going to bring at least that to the offense. And I think that he will find a niche in the Notre Dame offense next year. There's a possibility that he could be more, right? Like a higher volume guy. But ultimately, the thing that gets me excited is that at least you're adding speed to this offense and you're adding a guy that can create big plays this offense and you need that at Notre Dame. It's funny. We've got a fan of another team in here talking about, well, everybody passed on Arkansas this year, right? To somehow diminish this. Let me just say something. Arkansas finished 30th in college football this year in passing yards allowed. Okay, so number one, number two, before... And they have a defensive back that's going to the East-West Shrine game as well. Thank you. The week before they played uh, Florida National, they held Auburn to 163 yards passing. The week after they played Florida Florida National, they held Missouri to 112 yards passing. So... You know, they had 265 against uh, against them. Bama had 238. Ole Miss went for 153 and only 6.1 yards per carry in a seven-point loss. So it wasn't like it was a blowout. You know, Texas a went for 210. BYU went for 204. So let's uh, – if we're going to take shots, let's at least be accurate in the sentiments we're going to we're going to create. The other thing I liked about them too, Ryan, is I like kids that that play well in the biggest moments. And the biggest moments for this their team this year – that kid had his best games. I mean, you look at what they did against uh, Liberty. Yep. You know, team they, they got smacked as a team, but he had four catches for 89 yards. New Mexico State, who was one of the best teams they played this year, uh, he went for eight for 91. 
against Jacksonville State, another of, of the one of the better teams in that league. He went for five for 109 against Western Kentucky, another top team in that league. He went for eight for 116. And then against Arkansas, he went for six for 157. So, you know, those are the type of things you look at and say, hey, these are things I want to see. Do you play well in the biggest games? Because what's one of the issues we had about Notre Dame this year, right? Guys would put up numbers. The offense put up numbers. You know, this guy did this. This guy did that. But in the big games, the offense didn't produce. Yep. And so you need to look for guys that say, hey, how does this guy play on the biggest stage? How does he play in the biggest moments for whatever the level is? Now, again, coming to Notre Dame and putting on that gold helmet, playing in Notre Dame Stadium and playing on national TV, completely different animal than playing at Florida International. Just like we talked about the other day, Sean and I, when we we're talking about Riley Leonard, I think it was after you had the internet, the storm came and you had the internet yeah. issue, Sean. We're talking about Luca. Riley Leonard's played in some big games, but yeah. playing in those big games is a whole lot different when you're at Notre Dame. For example, in the Notre Dame Duke game, there was a whole lot more pressure on Sam Hartman to win that game than there was on Riley Leonard to win that game. Nobody expected yeah. Riley Leonard to win that game. Everybody expected Sam Hartman to win that game. It's a different animal when you're on the other side of that field, but you do like to see that, Ryan. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The regular season is over, but that doesn't mean shopping for tickets has come to an end. Notre Dame still has a big bowl game coming up. It's also holiday season, which means plenty of amazing concerts and shows, and you'll need tickets, especially if you're a last-minute shopper like me. And if you are in need of tickets, game time is the place to go. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. I think overall he's a savvy route runner as well. He understands he's he's pretty good at getting in the zone. You'll see him throttle down at times and, like, set the quarterback up. There's a couple times. I think Arkansas might have been one of the games. But he's kind of working in. in. He sees a linebacker sitting there. He knows the quarterback's going to come to him, so he kind of starts chopping it, getting choppy and then waits, and then the quarterback throws it to his back hip, and he knows that's where the ball's coming, catches it, makes a guy miss. He, he's a pretty savvy player, too. His his route tree's not super extensive, Brian. I mean, he'll run goes, he'll run comebacks and stops. He'll run some posts. He'll run some deep ends, some overs, some quick ends, 
some hitches, some slants. I mean, it's and some tunnel screens. And he's he's pretty decent after the catch. He's he's smooth. He kind of gets in and out of traffic, you know, pretty well. I don't know if he'll be a, a huge screen guy at Notre Dame just because sure. how slight he is, but he's a guy that you can run RPO stuff too, right? Because he can catch that, crease the defense, and pick up eight to ten yards. And that's that's kind of what he did. And if he can make one guy miss, you know, he he could he could pick up 15, 20 on those type of plays. But he also has the speed that if you if you block it well and he can make a guy miss he can he can take it to the house yep. you know but he, you know he's not a guy you're going to be running pure tunnel they they were want, running those kind of like those wide tunnels it wasn't like a now screen where he's just turning he would come in he would kind of go up and then come back in you know what i'm talking mm-hmm. about like yeah there's that kind of tunnel so it wasn't like in the way notre dame did it was more he was outside he would quick and then just kind of come right behind this slot a little bit of a different way to do it but that allowed him to catch it and then stay outside as opposed yeah. to where Notre Dame would kind of bring that tunnel back into the linebackers. That's why I say I don't know if I'd want him running that a ton in Notre Dame. <laughs> Alabama did that a little bit with Devonta Smith, yeah. too. Like, they ran a lot of just, like, bubbles to him, but they also did kind of that. Because, again, he's 175 pounds. I don't know if I want him navigating the middle of the field as much as possible, right? Like, I want him more navigating the, you know, the slots and be able to hit down the seam a little bit and hit down the numbers. I don't necessarily want him to go to the middle of the field as much. Cause that's, that's like my, my main concern, Brian, is just that he's a six year senior. He's 175 pounds. Just what he is at this point, right? Like he's not going to show up and get put on 15 pounds of muscle no. at Notre Dame. Like no. he's not going to do that. He's right? not going to get faster. He's not going right. to. Yeah, exactly. He, he's going to be, he has a slighter body type, which again, that might limit some of the things you ask him to do as far as maybe he's not your number one perimeter blocker, for right. instance, right? Maybe he's not a guy that you're going to run a bunch of stuff to the inside of the field from a quick slant, short drag, like that type of dude. He's more of a intermediate to deep type of kid as far as where you're going to try to attack. And you're going to try to attack yeah. outside the numbers a lot as well, because that play str- or that size is not right. going to be as big a deterrent right. in that style. And, anyway. and that's the part, like, I think his functional strength at that level was pretty good. He was a pretty good blocker, right? He could make people miss. That's an area where you have to, that. And that's part of the reason let's, let's set the expectation for Chris Mitchell. Do I expect Chris Mitchell to come to Notre Dame and catch 64 passes for 1118 yards and average 17.5 yards per catch? No, no. I do not. No. Do I expect Chris Mitchell to come to Notre Dame and still average about 17 yards per catch? I do. Yeah. You know, and and so those are the things that you look at, say, you know, to it, me, it's even more, higher with, right. with less of a volume. I mean, true. Possible, true. So. When you look at how that position was used, because again, when you'd watch routes, Ryan, and he's running routes and it's like the secondary is focused on him. I yes. mean, there's three guys converging on him and he, and, and, they would still try to force balls to him, you know. They, fun- a- they funneled him a lot. Right? Oh I yeah, mean, like they, they would keep. I, I there were some because he played exclusively left, but there were a lot of times where they would put him in the slot left, and you could tell mm-hmm. that that safety was just sitting on him. Like that yep. was his whole responsibility was to sit, try to funnel him outside. So yeah, they they definitely had his attention in FIU, no doubt about that. And at Notre Dame, you're not going to be able to do that as much nah. because of the the stuff around him. Now, I'm not saying that he can't be a guy that catches 50 60 balls it's just more of a i think notre dame's going to spread the ball around a lot more than 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 this year they don't have a tight end like eli rared and and then when mitchell evans comes back mitchell evans and yep. and those type of players but the seventh you know what what can i expect if he's healthy a 40 catch six seven hundred yard kind of season Right, I, was, I mean, that's I was gonna right. say like thirty-five, six something. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So that's kind of what I expect to see from him, and and he'll have some games where he breaks out because 
you know, because like when you think about how that position was used this year. So when we talk about positional fit, we see him as a Z receiver. Now, the Z in Notre Dame's offense is that field outside guy that we used to call the X. Now the X is the boundary, which is what it should have always been. Yes. For some reason, Notre Dame called the boundary the W. And and so uh, but it's the X. Now it's the Z is that position. That's the position that Tobias Merriweather and Rico Flores played this year, that field outside position. And what was weird for Notre Dame is they had two completely different style of plays there. And when one guy was in the game, there just were certain things they refused to do. And when the other guy was in the game, there were things that they just could not do. And when you've got Rico Flores in it at the X position or Z position, you're not going to run a lot of those high, low post routes with Tobias Merriweather. That's just not what Rico does. He's probably a four, seven kid, right? That's not his strength, you know, but when you've got, Tobias in the game, you're not going to maybe run as many of the the quick stuff that you did with Rico, the, the crosses and the overs, because Tobias was more of a guy that needed time to build up speed. He was more of a – that's why you – why do you always use Ty, Tobias on deep stuff? Because that's what his skill set requires. Strider. Right. Yep. Yep. And and so Rico would, would be more effective there. This is a kid, to me, that can do all of that. Yep. And, and so you don't necessarily need to, to rotate to get certain things. So, you know, this is a guy that can run the crossers and the unders in the quick game that Rico did. This is a guy that can work the seams the way that Rico did. This is also a guy, and he has a little bit more savviness than Rico did because he's a fifth-year senior and Rico's a true freshman, right? Let's, I mean, it's not a shot at Rico. It's just if this kid wasn't more savvy than Rico as a fifth-year senior, we have a problem. Yeah. And, we, and we were very complimentary of Rico Flores as far as being savvy for his age. Right, right? absolutely. Very savvy for a Absolutely. Freshman. Good feel yeah. for the game. But you could see some things like the pit, the interception against Pitt. Yeah. Right? That's that's a play that as a sophomore or junior, Rico doesn't allow that ball to get picked off because Rico has more experience. He bends that ball inside. He catches it. 20-yard gain, Right. So, so there's some things in that regard that he's going to bring to the table that you didn't have with a freshman and a sophomore, you know, in Tobias Merriweather and Rico Flores. Absolutely. He brings the ability to stretch the field the way that Tobias was able to stretch the field. Sure. He can work the middle of the field in some of the ways that Rico could work the middle of the field and Tobias could work the middle of the field. So he brings kind of a combination of their pass catching skills to the table, just in a little bit more explosive package Absolutely. than what we saw uh, this season. So there's a lot to like there, Ryan. From that position. And as I said, there'll be games where when teams want to play quarters, expect to see him running a lot of deep routes over top of it with teams focus on the tight ends like we saw against Wake Forest. When teams play cover one, you know, you may see him doing more quick game, more stuff over the middle, things along those lines. And so uh, there's a lot to like about his skill. No yeah, doubt. I mean, like I said before, I think the key here is that in Chris Mitchell, you have some uh, have a receiver on your roster now that not only has production and high level production this past year, but more than anything, you have a receiver that is just a little bit different than the other guys you have on your roster. There's no there's no wide receiver on the roster right now, in my opinion, that plays like Chris Mitchell. There's there's none. They're, they the only person I think could pl- like you can maybe make a little bit of a comparison to is like when Cam Williams gets here, like they could do some of the same things, right? Yeah. Like they have some skill set translations to one another, but Chris Mitchell brings something that you don't have enough of. And now when you're talking about the next step after that, obviously Notre Dame is still going to be active in the wide receiver portal. They've had Josh Kelly on campus recently. They still have Bo Collins, former Clemson wide receiver on campus, both very different from Chris, both yeah. pretty unique from even what you have on the roster right now. And we expect obviously Notre Dame to continue to, keep looking at other receivers yeah. and keep seeing what else is out there because they are clearly trying to find traits and skill sets that they don't currently have enough of on the roster right now. 
And I think also, Ryan, I, I don't know that they loved the competitive competitiveness of the receiving core outside of Rico and Jaden Greathouse this year. Now, keep in mind, I'm not talking about Jaden Thomas and Deion Colsey because they were basically hurt the, the, the year, during the year. There weren't a lot of guys you'd looked at and said, hey, we just need some some dudes. And I think part of this push to go get portal receivers is not only we need skill and we need talent and all that, but I think they're trying to find out who really wants to be a dog or not. You know, So we're going to bring these guys in. Are you going to compete? Are you going to piss and moan and, and be mad and jump on the portal? Yeah. Right? I mean, those are things that you look at too. And, and, and I think it also helps bridge a gap a little bit with Cam Williams, which you sure. mentioned. Sure. Because their skill sets are different. Cam's already thicker and weighs about probably 10, 15 pounds more than Chris Mitchell already. Absolutely. But as far as the the concepts that you're going to use Chris Mitchell on, they're all things that you can do with Cam Williams. Yes. Cam is just a bigger, stronger, faster version of it, probably. You know, but but th- that's why I kind of like we talked about this, I believe, Ryan. You and I talked about this. That's another reason I like this pickup because he brings some skill set to the table that you like. And somebody else uh just met, brought up a question with KK Smith if it, that it doesn't relate to this. But that's another one. I think Caleb Smith and Chris Mitchell have kind of similar body types, kind of similar athletic skills. And if you wonder, like, could K.K. Smith ever play outside, watch Chris Mitchell. And that's a role that Caleb Smith could also grow into and learn. So I think there's there's always value to having older players that have been through it. And Chris Mitchell's an older guy that has been through it that can provide some of this. Um, you know, he's not going to come to Notre Dame, Ryan, feeling like hey i'm i'm the man you know like no, i'm no. he's gonna come to the ring saying i still got something to prove i i think i said this on the podcast the other day brian i i, I don't know i can't remember if it was with you or with sean i, I can't remember what the conference but i i phrased it like this i think this is the perfect blend of a wide receiver room going into next year because what are you going to have you're going to have some transfers coming in that need to prove from a competitive perspective that they are that guy at Notre Dame. They need to come in and they need to prove that. Then you're going to have some older veterans, the Deion Colts of the world, the Jane Thompson's, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder because the only thing that people are going to be talking about is the transfers and the young cats. That's all they're going to be talking about. And then you're going to have that younger class of the Jaden Greathouses and the freshmen and Jordan Faison's of the world that are now going to try to keep up and be like, oh no, dude, like I was supposed to be that guy last year. You're not going to come in and take my spot. So I think the competitiveness in that room is exactly what Notre Dame needs this offseason. I think that every layer of the room from the incoming transfers to the veterans that are already on the roster to the young cats that are going to try to find their spot, they're all going to be hungry to wanting to be that guy and to wanting to improve and find their role in the room. So I think it's a great meshing as far as the types that you have in that room right now. Not even stylistically, just from a competitive perspective. I think it's going to be a much more competitive room in 2024, which Notre Dame needed after this year. Sure, certainly. It certainly did. They needed a a attitude makeover in a lot of ways. Part of that's going to be on the position coach. The other part of that's going to be just on we need to up the compete level. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And and when you add Chris Mitchell, Cam Williams, Micah Gilbert, Logan Saldate, and you've got to almost look at K.K. Smith like a newcomer. Yeah, I, mean, I know he's yeah, been on the roster yeah. since the spring, but he didn't practice the entire year. That's another talented player that you're adding to this mix. Uh, I don't know if I remember Lo- mentioned Logan Saldate. He is, I mean, we both yeah, like him, especially yeah. as a senior. His senior film was excellent. Yeah, was. And then, of course, you're going to, you know, you're going to get, um, you're going to get it, hopefully at least one more receiver transfer. So there's going to be a lot of competition. And, and, and I think that is something that Marcus Freeman needs to do 
a lot more of it, more positions. And now you have to kind of go about it with the portal at receiver because of the losses. A lot of it has more to do with they're doing it in the high school ranks. Right. You know, like, hey, look, we love the running backs we have, but we're just going to keep adding more to it because we're going, you know, we're going, we're going to compete. We're going to battle. And then if we have four or five guys can play, we'll, we'll find some kind of role for them. You know, we'll get them on the field. Those are all, all parts of it. So I think that the here's the interesting thing too, Ryan. The receiver athleticism, the athletic skills of the receiving core is going to look immensely different next year. Let's just assume yeah. that the six, the five guys that we anticipate coming back next year all come back and they're healthy. Sure. Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas is the vets. Then you have the three fresh, the three freshmen, um, uh, Jaden Greathouse, Jordan Faison, and and KK Smith. So obviously, Jaden Greathouse is only going to be better, get better. He's a freshman. Same with Jordan Faison, but. You lose Rico Flores, you lose Tobias Merriweather. One's a long strider that was a vertical, a vertical only guy. The other one was a quick game only guy, over the middle kind of guy, not a real fast guy. And then you lose Chris Tyree, who was also just a pure vertical guy. What you're adding to the to the ne- the mix next year is you you've got a little bit more of a blend of skills, as you mentioned, but just overall the athleticism and speed and vertical ability of this entire group to me is enhanced by what the group is going to look like next year compared to this year. And yep. you also are going to have a much more natural receiving core because Chris Tyree was still very much learning the position. He would have looked a lot more comfortable next year, and he looked more comfortable doing it as the season went on. That's not a shot at Chris Tyree, but kid played receiver for one year. You're going to replace him with guys that this is they this is what Jaden Greathouse knows how to play football. Yep. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I just, you, you know, you were mentioning it before the show started, Ryan. Like, you just think about the guys they might add, and including Chris Mitchell and the incoming freshmen. This is going to be a much more explosive group of players. Now, will they be better? They got to prove it. That remains to be seen, right? We don't know. Can they stay healthy? Again, don't know. But just pure athleticism and explosiveness, this, this group has a chance to be a much, much improved unit over what we saw this year. Because yeah. part because of the injuries and just other things that that went down and transpired. Yeah, I mean, I mean, skill and athleticism is not going to be an issue for the Notre Dame offense next year. I mean, we were talking about it before the show, and if Notre Dame is able to land Riley Leonard, and obviously with Chris Mitchell aboard, I mean, you're going to have multiple receivers that are four 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 type of kids. You're going to have a tight end and and Eli Raritan coming back healthy. That is probably a four five four six type of athlete. You're going to have multiple running backs and. Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love that are 4-4 type of athletes. And then if you get Riley Leonard aboard, that's a 4-5-4-6 athlete at quarterback right. as well. So you're going to have speed, four, man. 215, 220 pounds, right? <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. speed, speed, and more speed on the offense. There's no doubt. So that's Chris Mitchell, guys. Newest member of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Graduate transfer from Florida International. We're going to get in the mailbag next. If you like this breakdown, even if you don't, but if you like it, Make sure you hit that five-star review on any of all of your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you hit that like button on YouTube. Subscribe to the podcast, and we'll get to the mailbag next here on the Average Breakdown Podcast.